Blog Talk Radio. today to the unfolding situation in Afghanistan, the developments that have taken place in the last week, and the steps we're taking to address the rapidly evolving events. My national security team and I have been closely monitoring the situation on the ground in Afghanistan and moving quickly to execute the plans we had put in place to respond to every constituency, including and contingency, including the rapid collapse we're seeing now. I'll speak more in a moment about the specific steps we're taking, but I want to remind everyone how we got here and what America's interests are in Afghanistan. We went to Afghanistan almost 20 years ago with clear goals. Get those who attacked us on September 11, 2001, and make sure al-Qaeda could not use Afghanistan as a base from which to attack us again. We did that. We severely degraded al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. We never gave up the hunt for Osama bin Laden, and we got him. That was a decade ago. Our mission in Afghanistan was never supposed to have been nation-building. It was never supposed to be creating a unified, centralized democracy. Our only vital national interest in Afghanistan remains today what it has always been, preventing a terrorist attack on American homeland. I've argued for many years that our mission should be narrowly focused on counterterrorism, not counterinsurgency or nation building. That's why I opposed the surge when it was proposed in 2009 when I was vice president. And that's why, as president, I'm adamant that we focus on the threats we face today in 2021, not yesterday's threats. Today, the terrorist threat has metastasized well beyond Afghanistan. Al-Shabaab in Somalia, Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, Al-Nusra in Syria, ISIS attempting to create a caliphate in Syria and Iraq, and establishing affiliates in multiple countries in Africa and Asia. These threats warrant our attention and our resources. We conduct effective counterterrorism missions against terrorist groups in multiple countries where we don't have permanent military presence. Good evening, everybody in America and around the world. We are broadcasting to you live from Dallas, Texas, high above Dallas, Texas, in American Wealth Group USA's studios. On tonight's show, I am your host, John Hollywood, and we have our co-host, Almost Wolvers with Wolvers and None. And the topics for tonight's show, get ready because it's a jam-packed show, and it is a rated R show, and we'll tell you why. The President of the United States, Joe Biden, is getting fallout over how he withdrew from Afghanistan after 20 years. 
Should he be getting this criticism? Is it warranted? We'll answer that. Also, a guy is arrested outside the U.S. Capitol after a standoff with Capitol Police four hours, and he is in custody. Marjorie Taylor Greene is once again making enemies, and now in her own situation with her supporters are coming down on her. Also, the Proud Boys supporters plead guilty to threatening a Democratic Senator, Raphael Warnock. Dead men cannot pass laws, is what they state. Also, pop princess Britney Spears is under investigation for misdemeanor battery, and we're going to tell you how that goes after she supposedly, allegedly assaulted one of her housekeepers after an argument. So, also we have a song pick of the week, and we have much, much more. So, are you ready? Is that enough for you? As All You Need to Know Radio starts right now. everybody welcome to all you need to know radio i am your host john hollywood with our co-host almost warridge so almost we're going to talk about the president's facing fallout over the afghanistan crisis what do you think about that Mm -hmm. i mean it's an interesting topic right uh i I thought that the clip you played of biden's speech was um really prescient and i mean he makes a strong argument on on his own behalf of why the time was right um, the, there's a lot to say about it, including the part of the reason why the Taliban were able to rout the Afghan National Army so quickly was because of the negotiations that um, were performed and finalized under the prior president, under President Trump's administration. Um, but then the kind of more important thing to remember is why we got into that war in the first place about, you know, it was, it was a response to 9-11. And, and Biden Absolutely. was 100% correct when he said, you know, we were always supposed to stop a future terrorist attack from coming out of Afghanistan and to try to kill or capture Osama bin Laden. And we achieved both of those goals. Absolutely. So Let's the, listen to some the, more what the president says right from his sure. mouth. I inherited a deal that President Trump negotiated with the Taliban. Under his agreement, U.S. forces would be out of Afghanistan by May 1, 2021, just a little over three months after I took office. U.S. forces had already drawn down during the Trump administration from roughly 15,500 American forces to 2,500 troops in country. And the Taliban was at its strongest militarily since 2001. The choice I had to make as your president was either to follow through on that agreement or be prepared to go back to fighting the Taliban in the middle of the spring fighting season. There would have been no ceasefire after May 1. There was no agreement protecting our forces after May 1. There was no status quo of stability without American casualties after May 1. 
there was only a cold reality of either following through on the agreement to withdraw our forces or escalating the conflict and sending thousands more American troops back into combat in Afghanistan, lurching into the third decade of conflict. I stand squarely behind my decision. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. We were clear-eyed about the risks. We planned for every contingency, but I always promised the American people that I would be straight with you. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. So what's happened? Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed, sometime without trying to fight. If anything, the developments of the past week reinforced that ending U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves. We spent over a trillion dollars. We trained and equipped an Afghan military force with some 300,000 strong, incredibly well equipped, a force larger in size than the militaries of many of our NATO allies. We gave them every tool they could need. We paid their salaries, provided for the maintenance of their Air Force, something the Taliban doesn't have. Taliban does not have an Air Force. So what everybody out there needs to be aware of is that within 24 hours, over 6,000 troops were in Afghanistan. Um, and for me, that that's a big deal. And I don't really understand why all the Republicans and everyone are sort of freaking out saying that Joe Biden did a lot of really bad things and he was unprepared. Because obviously he was prepared because he got 6,000 troops into Afghanistan within 24 hours. What do you think, almost? I agree. And I, I, I mean, I think that it's interesting that he – said that he was going to be a straight shooter and then said, look, we didn't anticipate that the army would collapse as quickly as it did. Um, I, I thought that was a very interesting point. Uh, and, and then, you know, to your, to your point that he, um, and when I say president Biden, I mean, you know, the joint chiefs of staff and the military and the, the Pentagon clearly did have a plan for a contingency if there was a collapse and they executed that plan and got out um, thousands and thousands of Afghan civilians who assisted the American war effort um, through a variety, like a, a huge airlift operation in a very short period of time. So um, the when the Republican Party or, you know, certain conservative um, media criticize Biden's response to the collapse in Afghanistan, it's, it's just a non sequitur there. It's not based on evidence. So, Absolutely. Um, and it's unwarranted yeah. because obviously mm-hmm. they're lying. They're misleading right. the facts. 
And it's really, it's just sad that they just never can just keep to the facts. It's really ridiculous. Right. And, and so you have Biden. She, he was basically doing news reporting because because the news is so all over the map these days about what's really going on in the world and the American what the American government's role in the world is. You know, it's hard to remember. Oh yeah. There were tens of thousands of troops, and then Trump, not Biden, but Trump, drew them down to 2,500. So, you know, the, the idea that Biden withdrew, you know, capitulated, cut and run, whatever, it's just completely not accurate. And so we have our well, president and then the secretary, doing the right – the, mm-hmm. the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, on Fox News said that they never met with the Taliban. There was never any meeting. They they just lie through their teeth thinking that the American people just don't remember this stuff. And it's just really right. sad to me because I'm smarter and, than and that. What's, what's, I watch videos. Even more, I read. Right. But, but then what's even more sad is the millions and millions of Americans who don't see the real facts, who, who, who never get obvious picture of Pompeo meeting with the Taliban leader. Um, you know, who don't see the, the, the very brief, easy-to-read three-page agreement that Trump negotiated with the Taliban. Um, so, so, you know, it's to people like you and me who, who read real news and look at real news, um, it's obvious that this is not Biden's fault and that the right-wing media is unreasonably spinning it. But to those who primarily consume right-wing media – they, they don't even know, you know. It's Pompeo says I never met with well, the Taliban, and, and and despite the picture, that, they believe it. Right. You remember the former president Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't. Has a bad taste in my mouth. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he wanted to meet with the Taliban in secret at Camp David on nine eleven. Yes, how, I remember that. Telling is that well, it's horrible optics and it's bad negotiations. And you know, it's it's very interesting that Republicans are very quick to to make the statement you shouldn't negotiate with terrorists, and then they literally negotiate with terrorists. And then they try to blame President Biden for everything. And I applaud President Biden. And I know I'm going to get killed on the internet about this, but I don't care. Everybody out there, mm-hmm. I support this president. He stood by what he what he said he was going to do, and he didn't mm-hmm. back down, even though everybody was all over him, even national media lying about it, saying mm-hmm. he had no plan whatsoever, which is not true. And we need to get right. the truth out there because this is not warranted, this kind of criticism at all. It's a complete and utter lie by the Republicans and the white ring crazy people that are just worried they're never going to win another election unless they try to steal it again. Mm-hmm. We're on the same page. I completely agree with your analysis. Absolutely. So Afghanistan, uh, I think that they told us this morning, the White House said 6,000 people have been uh, evacuated. And okay. I think it should be more, though, wouldn't it? Because there was a picture that had like six hundred people in it on a plane and there was some video out there watch showing Afghanistan 
holding on to the plane taking off. And then Biden was being criticized for that, too. And I don't understand why. Because we can't, we can't control, and our troops can't control who jumps on a plane as it's taken off, and unless they unless they should have secured the airport better. What do you think? Right. Well, I, I mean, you know, it's it's hard, and the, the 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 photograph of the Black Hawk leaving the airport is reminiscent of the photograph of the Black Hawk. Evacuating Americans from Saigon in Vietnam, and um, I think there was a bit of a visceral reaction to some of those photographs from certain media, including, you know, not necessarily right-wing media, but people like CNN, that, you know, this is another American boondoggle of a war, just like Vietnam, that was lost. And now we're kind of cutting and running in the night and running away. So I, I understand. Well, I mean, if, if the Afghan forces that we spent over a trillion dollars training mm-hmm. literally throw mm-hmm. down the guns that America gave them over the time of 20 years and the president of mm-hmm. the country basically runs off too, what, we can't be yep. held accountable for their bad faith. And they're bad I completely agree. And in fact, what's, what's even more disgusting about it is a lot of the, the reasons why this war lasted as long as it did, even after we, the Americans successfully um, met their multiple objectives, including the killing of Osama bin Laden, the reason it kept going for you know, 10 years after that, a lot of it had to do with light corruption and lining the pockets of defense contractors. And the, the, the millions and millions and millions of dollars, billions of dollars that were spent on weaponry and Humvees and body armor and airport maintenance for the um, National Army of Afghanistan, you know, that was paid by the American government to American war contractors, to American defense contractors. And then a lot of those, those, that equipment, a lot of the guns and body armor and Humvees and stuff are currently in possession of the Taliban. We literally armed the opposition. Absolutely. So that music needs to be take a break real quick almost. And when mm-hmm. we come back, we'll continue to talk about the fallout and the crisis that's going on in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Or really, were we ready for it? I'm John Hollywood, your host, with your co-host, Almost Borg, with Borg and Nun. This is Ariana Grande, Love Me Harder. Also, if you'd like to be part of the show, 516-531-9990. That's 516-531-9990. Remember, the show is brought to you by American Wealth Group USA. Also, you can follow them on social media. If you need IRS help, they'll be able to help you. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. And if you know about me and choose to stay, then take this pleasure and... That service doesn't have fast download and upload speeds. You have. I need to order AT&T Fiber. Click or call now to get a faster internet experience with AT&T Fiber 1 gig internet. With upload speeds up to 20 times faster than Spectrum. Get a faster internet experience for less with AT&T Fiber. And get your home back in harmony. Click or call 844-855-1993 to get AT&T Fiber starting at $35 a month for a year. Limited availability in select areas. 
Hey, is anybody out there looking for some advertising that you will definitely get some response from? Well, All You Need to Know Radio is ready to open up our market, and we're only going to be taking just a few people as uh, commercials, and we have an executive sponsor at this time. However, we are always looking for different things. If you're interested in advertising with us, you get personalized service like uh This is John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Know Radio. I write your own commercial. I ask you a few questions about your business, and um, we can talk about price. We can talk about uh, me voicing the commercial. We can talk about how we can help your business expand, and it won't cost you an arm and a leg. Once again, All You Need to Know Radio wants to know, do you want to make some more money for your business? If you do... Then go to All You Need to Know Radio on Facebook and let us know. You're not just making a website. You're making an impact with your blog, small business, or side hustle. It all starts when you first log into your Bluehost account. We'll help guide you through the basic decisions for setting up your new WordPress site. It's the get-to-know-you phase of our new relationship. Then check out our all-in-one dashboard, which makes it easy to manage all the major functions of your website. Think of it as your site's stylish new headquarters. From here, you can choose from hundreds of custom themes for the design you want, discover and install essential plugins for the features you need, and you've got yourself a website that can sell, share, and do almost anything. Then take your website even further with smart marketing tools that boost your site in search results and help draw in the largest crowd. Whether you're new to WordPress or a seasoned pro, our experts are just a chat, email, or phone call away to help you turn a good site into an amazing site. So come on, ready to make your impact? Start building today with Bluehost, the perfect place to WordPress. I met you before anybody knew my name. Playing for pennies on a dive bar stage. Did an all-star special on our first date. In a Waffle House booth. Your daddy was crying when he gave you away. Cause all those country songs I played, they didn't Alright everybody, welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood, with our co-host, Almost Warwich, with Warwich and None. All right, we're talking about Afghanistan. Yes, sir. And how crazy it is that the right-wing people are just going nuts and saying there was no plan to get people out. When obviously 6,000 troops show up in less than 24 hours, I think that shows a plan. What do you think, Almost? Well, it, it, as I was saying before, it's obvious that there was substantial contingency planning. I mean, they're really – it's really if, – if you're an honest reporter of the facts, that's just not what you'll say. I mean, um, if you're a, an honest reporter of what's going on in Afghanistan, would not make the allegation that there was no pre-planning for contingencies such as the collapse of the uh, uh, Afghan National Army. It's just not true. However, a lot of them are doing it anyway, and the real issue <laughs> is messaging in the news rather than exactly what Biden is or is not doing or should or should not have done. Absolutely, and what we have to remember is that, you know, it's crazy when Biden is doing everything he's supposed to do, but he's not getting the credit from it, and it's really sad. So coming up here in a few minutes, guys, we're going to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Also, there was a bomb threat of a guy in a truck for four hours of the U.S. Capitol. Let's listen to the Capitol Police and how that unfolded. 
Also coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk about the crazy stuff that is going on around the United States. And the Proud Boys threaten a U.S. senator. Here we go. Report that uh, he is in custody uh, and that uh, that that part of it is done. But we don't know if he made any stops in D.C. before we, stopping. Not not at not at this point. No. He um, he he gave up and uh, did did not resist, and our folks were able to take him into custody without incident. How did you guys convince him to surrender? I I. I we had been in communication with him, um, but uh, when we delivered the phone, uh, there were no conversations via phone. Um, as far as we could tell, it was just his decision to, to uh, surrender at that point. Was he acting alone? Uh, right now, we have no indication that he was acting with, with anybody, anyone else, but that, again, is part of the ongoing investigation. Do we know what he's being charged with? Uh, at, at this point, uh, the... Uh, at this point, the, we'll work with the U.S. Attorney in terms of, of getting all the charges together. Uh, the, the little bit of criminal history that we were able to determine was in the state of North Carolina, and it was not it was um, uh, nothing uh, nothing that serious. Uh, but we, we we just this is what we've been able to find preliminarily. Did he answer in and around the car? Anything else? Any other content that you guys have been able to have visual? Uh, so we had uh, we had. Um, uh, we had information and, and evidence of, of what was in the bed of his truck, um, and there were some things that were concerning, but uh, ultimately um, we were able to take him in custody without incident. But there were, there were certain things that we, that were, we saw in the truck, uh, for instance, a propane, uh, a propane gas uh, container, um, but I, obviously that was not... At this point, um, we think that's uh, safe. Any other weapons? Can you just clarify, sir? Can you clarify the suspect's name? I, I have name. Floyd Roy Roseberry. So Mr. Roseberry was taken into custody around 1.30 p.m. almost. You know more about this <laughs> than I do. Let's talk about it. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, there, I do know that he um, appears to have – it's unclear from the news reporting to date, and I think the police are being a little bit circumspect and haven't told exactly what was recovered from the truck. Um, but there was, as the policeman or the, the spokesman for the police just said, um, there was some form of uh, flammable gas in the bed of the truck, and it was like a large propane tank. Um, and, you know, that could be entirely consistent with, you know, a blue-collar worker or something like that and not actually a bomb threat. But in the context of the standoff, it appears from preliminary reports that this was, in fact, some form of a terrorist attack. And um, the preliminary reports indicate that it was a politically motivated terrorist attack on the federal, the American federal government, because of the big lie and the false claim that Donald Trump lost the election, uh, was had the election stolen from him by Joe Biden, um, and so this is, you know, as I've predicted on the show and as others have predicted, 
you know, the January 6th insurrection and coup is not the only violence that's going to occur as a result of this big lie being propagated. And this appears to be another break in that wall to, to, to show that, you know, as I said again on the show, and it's a, it's a it's a very inflammatory thing to say, but I think it's a wise thing to say because it um, uh, you, you, the, the the listener understands a little bit more why this is so dangerous. And we've been talking about Af- Afghanistan and Osama bin Laden. Everybody agrees that Osama bin Laden was a terrorist. I don't think there's anybody out there who would say, no, Osama bin Laden was not a terrorist. He was a cleric or a thought leader. But his actual conduct was that of a cleric and a thought leader and, and like of the leader of al-Qaeda. He didn't fly the plane on 9-11. He didn't strap a bomb to his chest. Donald Trump and his supporters – um, especially the elites who are the thought, thought leaders, you know, people like Tucker Carlson, are terrorists. They, they are causing radicalized people to attack the government for political reasons. And it is appropriate to call a spade a spade in this situation such, such that we understand how dangerous this is. Okay? Absolutely. This, Incident, this incident that occurred today did not occur in a vacuum. It did not occur in isolation. We, we don't have full details about the defendants. I, I want to be clear to the listeners that upon full details being released, I may be wrong, okay? But my understanding based upon preliminary reports is that this guy was essentially a MAGA terrorist. He, he was um, there to attempt to cause some sort of damage or terror or the fear of damage or terror um, or, you know, death, destruction, and violence because of politics and specifically because of the right-wing lie that Joe Biden stole the election from Donald Trump. Um, right. And so it's just incredibly dangerous. Let me tell you, let me tell you what mm-hmm. CNN is reporting about 10 minutes ago. A man with history okay. of supporting former President Donald Trump who says all Democrats need to step down – was arrested Thursday after a long four-hour standoff with the U.S. Capitol Police, in which he claimed to have an explosive device. Police have identified the suspect as 49-year-old Floyd Ray Roseberry of Grover, North Carolina. The incident prompted multiple <laughs> buildings in the area to be evacuated Thursday as authorities responded to an active bomb threat investigation, the U.S. police wrote on Twitter. How funny they're writing on Twitter and Donald Trump can't see it anymore. U.S. Well, yeah. <laughs> USPC said that the news released later Thursday that no bomb was found in Roseberry's truck, but that he did have possessions on making materials. The D.C. police said in a tweet that the vehicle he was driving had been cleared and the road closures near the scene have now been lifted. Roseberry has been streaming the whole thing live does it, on Facebook. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. ma- so, manager so, so said roughly a half an hour we, Facebook we, videos on the, showed him in a truck you, holding a can of He's clearly a radicalized MAGA supporter. He's clearly a radicalized MAGA supporter committing an act of terrorism. Obviously, we don't have all of the facts at this time, but, you know, 
I, I just Googled it while we were talking about it. I recalled the town of Grove, North Carolina. Your listeners may not be aware. I know you know this, John. Your listeners may not be aware that I lived in North Carolina for several years. Um, and I've actually driven through Grover, and that's why I um, kind of remembered what it was. But I just Googled it. According to the 2010 census, it had a population of 700 people. Um, th- th- this guy in this tiny little town in the, on the border between North Carolina and South Carolina, this 49-year-old man with no significant criminal history, he didn't go to the Capitol to, to bomb the Capitol building and have a four-hour standoff with police on his own. He didn't do that for no reason. Somebody radicalized him. Right. And who was it? It, it was Fox News. It was One America News Network. It was Facebook and Twitter, and it was ultimately the president and his supporters. And that's – it's appropriate to call them terrorists when they're supporting and radicalizing people to commit violent acts of terrorism. I agree. I mean, call a spade a spade. I mean, the guy exactly. – apparently when the police approached his vehicle originally, it looked like he had his hand on a detonator. So that's when they backed away. And then the guy crawled out on his hands and knees four hours later. I mean, they always lose. It's just a shame that it has to go that way. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't always lose. Remember Timothy McVeigh? He was a, a from 1994. He was a right-wing terrorist. I mean, he, he was an anti-government activist who um, was attacking the, the federal government from because of his right-wing political views, and he did, in fact, bomb an entire federal building in Oklahoma City and cause you know, millions of dollars worth of destruction and a bunch of people to die. So, um, you know, thank God most of the time they, they, they get foiled by our excellent Capitol Police and FBI and things like that. But um, it's not an every time thing, and it, you know, one of these days it's going to happen. If, if these, these terrorist attacks continue, one of these days Nancy Pelosi is going to get assassinated, or you know, somebody's going to bomb the Capitol building, or something like that. It's going to happen because you can't stop every single threat. Absolutely. Well, that music needs to take a quick break, so we're going to be right back. Okay. Almost when we come back, I want you to answer this question. Is America safer since we evacuated from Afghanistan? Yes or no? So, guys, this is Angel with Rob Williams, and this is All You Need to Know Radio. I am your host, John Hollywood, with our co-host, Almost Wars with Wars and None. Our show tonight is brought to you by American Wealth Group USA. Find them on social media if you need IRS help. Also, guys, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat. We're everywhere. We reach about 600,000 people, so thank you for that. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about the bomber in uh, the U.S. Capitol. Did he actually have a bomb? We're trying to figure that out. So don't touch that dial. This is All You Need to Know Radio broadcasting live in America and around the world, exclusively on Blog Talk Radio, live every Thursday at 6 o'clock. We'll be right back. I don't have to pay for medicine, housing, food. It's just amazing to just raise money for such a cause. We're helping children. Thank Thank you. you. It's a great cause. 
over from investors. I wish I had bought Amazon or Netflix when they were first recommended by The Motley Fool. I'd be sitting on a gold mine. And it's true. If you had invested in Amazon when we send a buy alert at $15.31 per share, you'd be up 12,000%. Or if you had invested in Netflix when we recommended it at $1.85 per share, you'd be up 18,000%. And while Amazon and Netflix have had a good run, we think these five other stocks are screaming buys. And you can buy them now for less than $49 a share. You can grab a copy of five growth stocks under $49 for free for a limited time only. Now, don't look back five years from now regretting that you failed to act. Simply click to enter your email, and we'll send you your five free stock picks directly to your inbox. Home, I go to SmartSign.com. I order fantastic safety signs and labels. Glow in the dark signs. I got great bathroom signs. You can even order custom signs. Mom's got to lay down the law. SmartSign, America's top online sign retailer. Use offer code YouTube10 for 10% off products at SmartSign.com through December 31st. All right, everybody, welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio. Once again, I'm your host, John Hollywood, with our co-host, Almost Wars with Wars and None. Let's see, we've covered Afghanistan, not really that much of a crisis, as the president had 6,000 troops in Afghanistan within 24 hours. To me, that shows there was a plan if everything fell. And it did fall a lot faster, but we can't control the fact that the Afghan people ran away and didn't even attempt to fight for their country. So the next thing we're talking about is the Austin bomber. And, you know, we need everybody understands that how that happened. So almost once again, we're back. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You're so, welcome. Uh, uh, you asked me a now. question, a specific question about the Taliban and, and whether or not we're safer um, today yes, than we were, you know, last week before we pulled out. And, and my response to that is, I think America itself, the American homeland, is safer because the more we pull out from having, you know, troops on the ground and permanent bases and military installations in um, the Orient or the, 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 you know, West Asian region, the more likely we are to um, prevent anti-American sentiment from fomenting within the populace and prevent terrorist attacks on America. So I think America, the homeland, is safer, but I think the region is more destabilized. I think it is less stable, um, and the a potential for a war between uh, the Taliban and ISIS is quite high. Um, and it's also the potential for, you know, horrific human suffering by the Afghan people because of a collapsed economy and no aid coming in from the West is also quite high. So I think it's good for American security here at home, but I'm not sure if it's necessarily a good thing overall for the whole world. So do you believe the Taliban when they're saying that they're trying to be a good country, like they gave safe passage to the U.S. 
when they were Hell no. Silver. I, I don't believe the Taliban at all for a bunch of reasons, and it's, it's almost farcical to say that the Taliban will, you know, be a softer, kinder, gentle, gentler Taliban while still maintaining um, a strict reading of Sharia law. Um, I, 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 to our my my Muslim brothers and sisters who are listening, I mean sincere respect to um, Islam and to the the, the religion. Um, that said, I think that theocracies that attempt to use, you know, thousand-year-old religious texts as their primary legal text are generally really bad for the world. Um, the world has changed a lot since the 700s AD when, you know, Muhammad um, gave his prophecy and um, Muhammad, peace be to him, gave his prophecy that that prophecy may or may not be, you know, the real word of God, but um, it certainly isn't a legal system set up for 2021. And so I, I do think that the Taliban is lying completely when they say they're going to be kinder and gentler um, while still maintaining their hardline position regarding the appropriateness of Sharia law. Well, also the video show up of them kicking people in the back of a truck. That doesn't seem very uh, wanting to be nice to countrymen. So, they also executed – today, um, they executed a prisoner of war who was an ISIS leader, beheading him with no trial. Um, so, you know, if, if that's what kinder gentler means, you know, beheading people with no trial, then I guess they're kinder and gentler, but I don't think that's how most people would define it. Oh, I agree with you. Okay, let's move on to Marjorie Taylor mm-hmm. Green. Mm-hmm. Listen to what this crazy woman said. And then we're going to listen to one of her supporters. And get ready, guys. Caution. Language is pretty vile. It's pretty uh, aggressive here, which makes this show a rated R show. Green Taylor's district here in Walker. Joe Biden, you're not a president. You're a piece of shit. Green Taylor's district here in Walker. My name is Corey Ryan. My name is Corey Ryan. My name is Ryan Forster. I'm from Marjorie Green Taylor's district here in Walker County, Georgia. And I think it's important that people hear what I have to say. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try not to scream. I'm gonna try not to yell. I'm gonna try not to say things like Marjorie Green Taylor's the biggest fucking piece of shit I've ever seen. I'm gonna try really hard because again, I don't want this to fall on deaf ears. But we're not all like that, and I don't want to sound like a not all white people thing because we definitely need to take accountability. It's de- we definitely have earned a lot of it. But I'm so fucking sick and tired of having to constantly defend my accent. And I'm not asking everyone out there to stop thinking of my people of a certain way. I'm talking to my people right now. Vote this fucking bitch out! God! Aren't you ashamed? How are you not ashamed? It's one thing to like guns. It's a completely other thing to be fine with someone who harasses school shooting victims and talks about how they're, it's fake. It, this is so asinine. I've grown up here my whole life, and I was led to believe that there are decent people, and I still believe that. But until I start seeing a majority scream at this lady and talk about how she doesn't represent her, us, I don't believe it. 
And I'm so tired of it, man. I know I'm not the only one. I'm so fucking sick of people in the comment section saying, Oh, you're a good one. You're one of the good ones, Corey. Do you know how fucking embarrassing that is? I'm talking to those of you who feel the same way as me but aren't saying anything because you don't want to upset your mom and dad. You don't want to upset your papa. You don't want to upset your friends. Maybe you don't want to get fired from your job. Now it's time to use that fucking white privilege, baby. We've got it in spades. I'll say whatever the fuck I want. Fuck her. Fuck the radical right. Fuck all them. Well, I'm in a goddamn blue state now, and it's time we started fucking acting like it. Fuck her. It ain't all of us, goddammit. Now, this was sent to me by one of our listeners. Almost, mm-hmm. I know that was aggressive, but wouldn't it be great if everybody really started living the reality of what's going on instead of all these lies? What I, I actually loved that segment, despite its coarse language, which I don't endorse, but I, I, I loved what he had to say. And it re- reminds me about something that I discussed on the show, I think it was two weeks ago, about how... A lot of these people, the, these brainwashed individuals who who support the big lie and think, you know, Hillary Clinton eats baby's blood, um, a, a lot of these individuals in other aspects of their life, in their job, in their church, in their family life, you know, real, really are good people, like truly. They, they're, you know, they don't commit crimes. They contribute to society. They really are. I mean, not all of them. Of course, some of them are kind of the dregs, but a, a lot of these folks who, who support the big lie and are good people in other places have these weird blinders on about things like, as that caller said, politicians accusing the families of school shooting victims of, of faking their, their, their tragedy, faking the tragedy. I mean, that's one example of the horrific and crazy things that the right wing and people like Marjorie Taylor Greene have have come up with repeatedly over and over over the course of the last several years. And it's very refreshing to hear this guy who's clearly a country man, who's who's clearly grow up in that – Republican team sport aspect where wherever you know he, he made those references to say he doesn't want to upset his mama and his papa doesn't want to upset you know upset his grandpa where there's this community feel where oh we we just we vote Republican here but it's so insane and you know the for example you can like guns but you shouldn't accuse a school shooting victim of uh, that school shooting not occurring that that's it, it, it's so far outside of the traditional values that those folks generally seem to share that it's it's so weird for for our culture. How how do we respond to that? And I I love that that man is hitting these people. He, he he's doing the thing that I'm saying needs to happen. He's doing the, the messaging and the, and and the, the outreach and the truth. I, I wish he would have how... been able to control his 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 uh, cursing a little better because that would have made it more persuasive for the general public. But um, I, I understand, you know, he is very very upset, frustrated. He's tired of the lies. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be? I am. I am. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, 
and the media is not helping either, or Facebook or social media. And this is mm-hmm. like four million times on Twitter. Okay, good. Which it means, which it means it's getting out there, and it needs to. It needs to get mm-hmm. out there live, live and proud. So that's what I'm looking for, and I was very excited to see that. So let's talk about also uh, – the Proud Boys plead guilty to threatening Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock and mm-hmm. stating dead men can't pass laws. So I think the punishment fits the crime, don't you? Well, yes. I mean, a terroristic threat um, is a serious crime, and uh, that clearly constitutes a terroristic threat. Um, I'm, as I've said on this show before, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a criminal law expert. That's not what I do for a living. So the, um, you know, the, the precise level of punishment, I, I'm not certain about exactly what was charged and exactly how he's being punished. But I do think it is totally appropriate for that person to be indicted, charged, and remanded to custody for, you know, a period of years. The Threatening a, a United States senator's life so clearly, it reminds me of the thing we were talking about earlier with the, the bomber, um, the, the idea that that proud boy acted completely on his own is, is just inaccurate. He, he was radicalized, and you know, partly he was radicalized by – other people in the Proud Boys organization, which could arguably be called a terrorist organization. And the, 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 the leader, the thought leader of the Proud Boys is clearly Donald Trump. And, and well, so he specifically it's, it's, asked him to stand up, stand mm-hmm. proud and ready. Right, exactly. I think it was uh, stand, stand by, stand up and stand by, or something like that. Um, and and then those, he uh, also like explicitly called them out during his speech on January sixth. So it's, you know these people. Why did that proud boy make that threat? It wasn't a single solitary act, and yes, that single solitary act is itself a crime, a terroristic threat, but it's part of a broader issue. And, you know, I'm, I'm much, much more afraid of major terrorist attack coming from inside the USA than a major terrorist attack coming from outside the USA at this time. And the reason is right-wing extremists. Right. Have you ever heard, mm-hmm. it's coming from inside the house. It's coming from inside <laughs> yeah. the country, our country. Is this uh, Washington <laughs> Post reports that hours before the special Senate runoff in Georgia was called for the mm-hmm. Reverend Raphael G. Warnock. In the early hours on January mm-hmm. 6th, Eduardo Flora went on conservative mm-hmm. social media platforms such as Parler and wrote, Warnock is, not, is going to have a... Hard time casting votes for communist politics when he is swinging from the something fish. I'm not going to say what that says. Now Forrest is facing up to 15 years in prison for making those threats, and prosecutors announced Monday that the 40-year-old from Queens pleaded guilty to one count 
of transmitting threats to injure and one count of possessing a I don't know what that word is. After having been convicted of a felony with today's plea, guilty plea, President missed the threatening the life of a successful candidate for the U.S. Senate. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, it's it's clear that those those charges sound appropriate. You know, there's I think there's a weapons charge and then the terroristic threats charge, and then you know the, the there was a guilty plea, which obviously I don't have all of the terms of, but. Um, presumably at least some time being remanded into custody and probably some form of restitution or other types of civil punishment, you know, um, monetary punishment. And, you know, the punishment fits the crime. But then why did he do it? And as we've talked about, and I know I say this almost every week these days, but it's because it's incredibly important. There was a seditious conspiracy to overthrow the election. Um, Donald Trump and his cronies in multiple ways, on you know, multiple different fronts, conspired to overthrow the results of a democratic election, including with the use of violence and force on January 6th, but also prior to that with the pressure placed on both state and federal officials to um, cast official doubt on the clearly not fraudulent election. Um, this seditious conspiracy did, in fact, come from the highest levels of government with substantial – I mean, there's a lot of evidence, I and mean, it continues to mount, that um, there, there, there was help from people in Congress, people in the House of Representatives, um, and that – and potentially people in the Senate. And, and that complicity in a conspiracy to – you know, prevent the peaceful transfer of power. It, it's it's one of the the worst crimes from a uh, like moral perspective that a elected official can do in a democratic republic, and that's exactly what happened. And we need a real investigation into the leadership. And, well, and we it, talked it, about. I'm not sure whether or not it's happening, it but I, I'm worried that it's not. We talked about it on last mm-hmm. week's show. That was the main topic. Uh, is mm-hmm. that you know there is. The Senate Judiciary Committee has found evidences mounting that Donald Trump actually had personal knowledge and action on yes. January 6th and actually put the whole thing together. So we'll continue and, and, reporting and, on that. And the stuff before that. January 6th That's was right. like the last gasp because he, yep. he was also pressuring the state officials to, to, to quote-unquote find votes. And he was pressuring the DOJ to claim that against their own investigation to claim that there was widespread fraud. There were multiple avenues where he was trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. Remember, guys, the big lie of our country Mm -hmm. and the history of our country was made by the former president, Donald Trump. Okay, let's move on Mm -hmm. to Britney Spears. Yes. All right, so we are learning right now from Yahoo News that the Ventura County Sheriff's Department has launched a misdemeanor battery investigation into Britney Spears after one of her housekeepers reported to the deputies that the pop singer struck her during an argument. Ventura County Sheriff Eric Brosco said the incident unfolded Monday and the housekeeper contacted deputies in the aftermath and filed a report. He declined to discuss the specifics of the housekeeper's claim. Spears made physical contact. 
So that doesn't look very good for a conservatorship trying to get, you know, taken down. You have well, her, her attorney, Miss Fierce, has this new attorney, right? This Matthew Rosengart guy, right? And um, we talked about him in a positive light on the show several times. And you know, one never knows the real truth. Obviously, you and I weren't there. I don't think there's video of this incident. But he is stating that it's overblown and sensational. It was a dispute about a cell phone, and no con- no physical contact were made, and there were no injuries. So, you know, I don't know what really happened because there's clearly a factual dispute here. The the house sitter lady or whatever her, her title is made a police report, and then the defendant is um, disputing the facts under that report. And I, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I, I tend to agree with this lawyer that it's overblown tabloid fodder, that this, this is really a non-story that was manufactured to kind of keep Britney in the news and in a negative light, probably by people controlling the conservatorship. So, probably her um, father. you know, I don't know the real details here, but that's my guess. Probably her father, since he out now lied to Britney Spears fans that he was going to step down. And I don't know if you've heard, mm-hmm. he's refusing to, once again. Actually, that's news to me. I, I, I didn't know that, but that's interesting. Well, it's just ridiculous and sad. I mean, mm-hmm. how much money do you have to make off your daughter to make you feel I, like a real man? I mean, I feel like most like parents of celebrities, without having to do significant you know, fraud, get lavish with gifts and houses and things like that. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about Britney's conservatorship right now. So, okay. So, she so she's supposed to, supposed to be able to get uh, things going on with this new attorney, but the judge is still denying to re- really do anything. Why do you think the judge is so hesitant to actually do something in the case? Well, I wish I had more knowledge of the procedural status of the case to be able to give you a more formulaic legal answer, um, because there, there's, a, there's a definite correct answer to the question you just asked, and I don't know what it is because I, I don't have you know complete access to the docket. But um, I have a suspicion, and the suspicion is that in general, the rules of civil procedure give both sides to any litigation um, substantial opportunity to refute and dispute um, disputed claims. So, you know, I, it is my understanding that Spears' new attorney has filed a petition to remove her from the conservatorship, but um, the rules of procedure are going to allow the people opposing that petition to have the opportunity to be heard. It's called due process. You may have heard of it. And the, the, right. the due process aspect of it is, you know, it's very, very frustrating for fans of Britney in this case, or in general, for plaintiffs who feel like their claim is obvious. But, you know, when the claim is super duper obvious, but they're still dragging their feet and abusing procedure just to drag things out, um, it can be extremely frustrating for litigants or their supporters like Britney stands in this case. And I, I have a feeling that that's what's going on without having the exact correct answer. 
Absolutely. Okay, guys. So, save Britney, free Britney. All right, let's make our song of the week. We're almost out of time. John, do you mind if I do a two-minute warning? Absolutely. Absolutely problem no problem at all. At all. Okay. Thank, Thank you very much. much. It, it, it's been a great pleasure to speak with you about these topics today, and I hope that the listeners um, have seen or, or understand some of the news and analysis of the news that's occurring right now and a little bit more clarity based upon our discussion this afternoon. I, I really, that's my, that's always my goal is to try to get the word out about what's really going in government and politics to the people and the listeners. Um, it, it's clear to me that uh, the federal GOP at the highest levels are rotten and it, it, I wish it wasn't the case. I wish we had a bona fide conservative party that argued in good faith, but we just don't. And in the GOP in its current form at the federal level is incredibly dangerous to democracy and the rule of law. If you're listening and you're in the United States of America, register to vote in your jurisdiction and vote in every single election from here on out for the rest of your life, including small elections, straight ticket Democrat or independent. Don't vote for Republicans. They don't have your best interests at heart. Um, Stay active and uh, stay woke, and thank you so much for the time and the attention. And, uh, John Hollywood, I will talk to you again soon. Absolutely, Almost. Thank you so much. That's our co-host, the amazing Almost Warriors of Wars and None. Thank you, sir, and have a good evening. All right, guys, let's do our song pick of the week. This is by The Weeknd. It's called Save Your Tears. It's new. It's dangerous on August 2019. August 19, 2021, it's our song pick of the week. Save your tears. Take a listen. everybody so that was the weekend save your tears and unfortunately we are out of time i do want to tell you there have been some updates with covid19 delta you know the texas governor of our state greg abbott tested positive for the coronavirus remember the vaccine is meant to save your life it's not to stop you from getting coronavirus 19 covid19 also guys Wear a mask. Get vaccinated. Already in L.A., in New York, you must have a vaccination card to do pretty much anything. And that is coming to Texas very quickly. So thank you once again for joining myself and our co-host, Almost Wars with Wars and None. Thank you to our sponsor in the uh, American Wealth Group USA Studios. I'm John Hollywood, your host. And remember, wear a mask. It saves people's lives. Get vaccinated. The unvaccinated is what is keeping the coronavirus from continuing to change and change. And eventually, it's not going to be good. The Texas governor needs to get his head out of the clouds and quit playing politics with people's lives. 
Also, the governor of Florida needs to do the same. 200 people a day are dying from the coronavirus. And the Florida governor continues to use people's lives in politics. So, keep preaching for the stars, because that's where it all begins. Never let anyone tell you who to love, how to love, or how to make your dreams come true. All right, America. Until next week, good night. I don't know.